Okay, so I just woke up from this vision. That was really interesting. Um, first vision I had, and it was actually pulling on my, tugging on my heart cords. It was just crazy. This first vision I had, um, I was, um, I was driving away from my old home in Euclid in this car that my dad used to own. And I was driving away, and at first, I believe I even had permission to drive it. Like, how do I get the keys? But I'm driving the car, and I'm thinking, I'm about to run away. I'm about to run away. I'm never coming back. When I get when I decided to get in the car, I decided I'm about to run away and never come back. That's when they say my dad is coming. So I'm like, I don't care. Like, you know, not I don't care, but like, okay, I'm already in the car, and I'm driving, like, you know. I don't know. It wasn't that I didn't care. I care, but it was just like I didn't know what to call it. Like, what what am I supposed to do at this point? You know, I guess I kind of panicked a little bit. The car broke down. I parked it outside of the apartment about not even a mile away from the sh- where I just pulled away from. And um, I ran up in these apartments. Next time I know I'm in this house, in this apartment, and I'm laying in this bed and. You know, they're saying he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. I'm saying, you know, I could stop it right now. At this point, I know that I have control to stop everything right now, to keep things from going further, and to not let things, you know, kind of escalate the way that they're escalating. I can control it. I can make it so, like, it's like whatever you, whoever is trying to get whatever they're trying to get out of it, I can get that, find out new information, whatever. But, you know, you know, I noticed the work. It's not that I'm ever lazy. It's just that, you know, I don't know. I didn't know if I wanted to jump in on a, you know, have done unfinished product. I didn't know why they would even give me opportunity to do that. Usually they're blocking me from all different angles from doing that. So to me, it feel like, you know, something's really up for them to give me even opportunity at this point. There's really no telling why they would give me an opportunity at this point to change or do something now. So I don't know. But um, I decide to, you know, I decide to get up close to the door. He's on his way up the stairs. I see him coming up the stairs as soon as I'm thinking he's not coming up the stairs. Like, it's like they're challenging everything. I'm saying he's not going to do, oh, he's not going, oh, he's not on his way. Oh, he's not up the stairs. Oh, he's not coming to get his keys. You know, different things like that. And then um, I'm about to jump out the bed, but I don't. And something just tell me, just get comfortable. You don't got nothing to worry about. And it's like, I had this fear, but I don't have no, I don't have this fear. So I know that it's a fear demon that they put in my heart. And, you know, it's just a reminder that it's still there and that I'm not doing everything that I can to get it off me. But I am, you know, well aware of, you know, I want to say well aware, but I kind of sense, you know, different things going on right now. Like, you know, the Lord wants me to stay out of this. And I know it's for a very good reason. I know it's for a very good reason. And, you know, every single time they try to pull me into it, it kind of seems like they know that. And they're trying to rush me into something so they can avoid things happen the way that the Lord intends for them to happen, which is how they kind of did this in the beginning, you know, kind of rush me. And I could have worked it out and I could have made it work. But it's just all the work, all the work like that would have come with that. It's like, you know. It's always, it's like, it's, it's like being set up from all different angles. You're trying to make me, I've said something pertaining to how it wasn't really a for sure thing, like with the NBA young boy and how it was like a surrounding 
different things surrounding and I shouldn't have said so much because, you know, it it obviously provoked people to want, you know, more of a part in this. And I don't even like that because the thing is they already have more of a part than so many other people. And, you know, I don't want to ever it to be about a rival or a beef with somebody because this is about God and like God is paying attention to, you know, these different things. He doesn't want me antagonizing or um, instigating a fight between two people, you know, using his name to do stuff like that. Like I already have enough on my play. I have enough trouble. Like I'm already running back to sin. You know, a lot of times I am not fasting when I should be fasting. I'm not on my knees praying like I should be praying. And, you know, sometimes allowing my name to be in different situations and environments that should never be in, like running after my family, trying to keep them away from things, involving myself in stuff that the Lord would never approve of. I, he would just want me to just come from out from up underneath them. But I'm I'm risking, I'm challenging the norm because I love my family and I want to see them succeed and I don't want to see them go to hell. And I know that the Lord is giving me an opportunity to, you know, do everything that I possibly can to see them go to heaven, you know, to break generational curses off of my bloodline and to create generational wealth. So I'm think I'm seeing this as what he wants me to do, but oftentimes I'm being reprimanded and I'm suffering because of what they are doing as well. And that's what comes that's what goes with that. You're gonna suffer for what they're doing because you're doing it with them or you're allowing it in a certain way or you're kind of in a way enabling it. So I do have to suffer for that. Though it feels unfair, like I shouldn't have to suffer. It's not me. I don't wanna do that stuff. I'd rather be out of it, but I'm doing everything I can to save my family. Whatever. Some people may not see it as important, but that's really the main goal, the only goal here. Everything else is like, whatever, okay? Uh, the celebrities, the sound, the music, all that other stuff, you know, if that's meant to be, then it will be. But as far as the family thing goes, I feel like, you know, I don't know if it's meant to be. I don't know if it's meant to be, so I'm fighting very hard for that. And in my destiny in God, you know. Of course, I put that over my family. I put my destiny and God over my family. They hate to hear that I put anything over them. This is not the mob. This is not the mafia. I put God over you. Yes, I do. Because if I don't put God over you, you're going to somehow believe that you got some sort of control over me. Like, I'm your slave. It's sent me to do all your dirty work. You know? And that's because Satan is using you. When God is not in the picture, we cannot be protected from stuff like that. And they really start to get, you know, overwhelmed with that. But... People do that. People people tend to get, you know, lose sight of what's most important. We get sucked into things. That's what we do. Sometimes we overdo stuff, you know, but God, he sees everything. He knows everything. He's always the same. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's needed because he had, He always has a clear view of the entire situation. Sometimes, a lot of times, we don't. So I need God. I need him in this situation, but... You know, um, I, I I can see that they oppose. They a lot of times are opposing the fact that I want to put God over everything. I want to get them to God so they can see that God is needed no matter what it is you falling under, the, you know, the illusion of God is so important. He's needed, you know. And I can't deny that, of course, they are fighting for me. Somebody has to be fighting for me. I believe that, of course, they're trying to help me to see that when I slip up and I can't see it. 
But, you know, I'm reminded of what thing, how things have happened in 2020 where, you know, most of them, they left me for dead. You know, all of them left me for dead. I only had God. You know, I only had God. Everybody laughed in my face. If I was, if I would have died, like literally if I would have lost my life, nobody would have cared. And I'm getting over that. I'm forgiving, you know. I'm doing my best to forgive them and get over that and get past that. But I can't do that in the way that they're trying to make me do it. They're trying to get me to get over this by still doing the same thing they did to me. You can't, you can't, like, I understand that I have to forgive no matter what. But how can you expect me to forgive something you still keep trying to do? So it's difficult, you know. But, of course, they're going to try and bully me into that. And that doesn't work. You know, you can't bully somebody into forgiveness. They have to want to forgive you. So that's not going to work. And I'm looking for the Lord to guide me throughout all of it because they're not changing. They don't see the wrong in their actions. They leave no room for growth. Different things like that. And um, I'm just, I'm just, you know, waiting on the Lord in these situations. But um, anyways, my dad, he comes up the stairs. He snatches the keys from me and he runs off. You know, I'm thinking the cars broke down. I wasn't ever expecting to get out of town with that car if I knew it was going to break down like that. Or was it the witchcraft that broke the car down to keep me from getting away from this individual? I don't know what happened. But, you know, it was just crazy. But after he left, you know, I woke up from the vision, you know. And then in the next vision, I am in this car with this girl. And we're, like, kind of cool, I guess, still around the same area. We're just right, I'm just right down the street. I'm still in the same neighborhood. And it's funny because this neighborhood is set up right now, you know. Honestly, for months, this, this, the entire city has been, like, in, like, re- being remodeled or something, like, being rebuilt. I don't know. But it's like maybe they were stopping it, and then, like, then they weren't. I don't know. But I just know that um, they never planned to give me the things that I was truly seeking in this situation. They were just hanging over my head in order to get me to do what they wanted me to do. They never planned to fix my city up and make a difference in my city. They never planned to get, I, feel, I believe, my family, you know, out of out of this situation and get them to God. They never planned to, you know, uh, create this, you know, safe havens for these children. They never planned to make any of these real changes or differences. They were just plotting and planning the entire time to pretend as if they were doing this to keep me distracted from what was most important, which was just killing this demon witch and getting her out of here. She was just buying herself time the whole time, and I knew that, and I should have known that. Like, never make a deal with a demon witch. I never made a deal with her, but, you know... It was just complicated, and it still is complicated. You know, my family working with them, and why don't I just get rid of my family? Well, it's because, you know, they have some sort of control and different things like that. If I give up on my family, you know, I'll probably, I will probably could possibly find out in the, at the end of this process that they possibly could have been saved. So I'm just doing what I can. But, um... Nevertheless, I'm just Nevertheless, I'm just fighting to, you know, um
I'm just fighting to, you know, get these get these things on the road and try to figure these different things out, these different things that are going on. Because um, my family, I don't know. I don't know. I can't be so focused on my family. I have to focus on God. I have to focus on what he has me here doing because oftentimes it's my family that's like, you know, somehow leading or guiding the resistance against me and what the Lord is doing here. And I can't. I can't deal with it because I don't know how I'm supposed to deal with it. But um, I don't want to keep talking negatively about them because, you know, I just remember, you know, in 2020, I visited my hometown. My hometown was acting so weird. Everybody was screaming different things out at me. They were doing so much weird stuff. Um, They were acting crazy. Everybody was trying to fight me, all kinds of stuff like that. Um. Somebody said to me, you're not going to win if you keep lying on your family. And I was never lying on them. I was never lying on my family. You know, they're going to say I'm lying on them because this stuff that's being told to me, it might be lies to them. To them, it might be lies. But to me, you know, I'm just trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to figure out what's going on. It's really happening, you know. But maybe it's just lies, period. You know, it's not that I'm lying on them, but it's like these are lies that are being told to me and I'm telling the lies how I'm getting them. I'm not trying to spread rumors or anything like that, but I'm just trying to be transparent about what is being told to me, what's going on. So there's a better understanding of why I'm reacting, the way I'm reacting, why I'm doing things, the way that I'm doing things, why I, why things are happening the way they're happening. Because looking at the way I'm doing things, it may look like, why would you do something like that? That makes no sense. That's... You know, that's crazy, you know. I just want to get a good perspective, a clear view of my situation, what I'm dealing with here. You know, I'm not lying on them. You know, maybe somebody else is lying to me about them. But these things are happening. It's not even like anyone is saying this stuff. It's like I'm witnessing it for myself. I don't know what to do. Um, somebody tried to cover my ears when I heard that, that, and it was so weird because like spiritually somebody was covering my ears, but I'm right here and I'm just like zoned out and all kinds of stuff. Like they're putting witchcraft on me to have me zoned out and ears covered. I can't hardly hear what they saying. I'm too, you know, dizzy to even pay attention to what's going on around me and stuff like that. And I'm literally out in public. It looks like nobody's touching me. Nobody's even near me to touch me. This stuff is really happening. This stuff is really real. This stuff is witchcraft. I heard birds laughing this morning, and I don't know what that was about. But I know that they kept attacking and being a young boy. They kept talking about, you know, he has a little penis and all kinds of stuff like that. I don't even usually bring up these conversations. I don't know why. They brought, They they always consistently, they constantly bring up these conversations. And they're always saying to me, you know, um, you always talking about how little his penis is. And I'm like, I no, I don't. No, I don't. I really fight that every time. I fight that all the time not to talk about that. I don't want to talk about anybody's body parts. I don't want to talk about anything negative like that that would cause the Lord to frown down on me. I don't want to talk about anything like that, any, anything sexual or anything like that. Because the real conversation is like, as a woman, you know, who's trying to be a good representative of the kingdom, what do you look like? Talking about how little somebody's penis is. You know, you know how that conversation can go. Somebody's going to possibly talk about 
um, what you want bigger, mine's is bigger, or different things like that, you know, what kind of penis do you like, you know, and now you have to talk about, you know, sexual things, and then it creates creates a lust-filled environment, you know, conversating about sexual immorality, the Bible says that it is wicked, the things that they are doing is so wicked, and it's, you know, it is just, like it's it's seemingly forbidden to speak of these things that they are doing but you have to speak about these things you have to testify in order to warn people and wake them up about the things that are going on in this world they need jesus to protect them from these things these things can happen to them so you talk about this stuff and i don't know why they kept bringing up his penis side but they kept bringing it up and i was fighting it i was fighting it like no i'm not talking about that i don't think that's important 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 and the thing about that is the how this conversation goes is they will bring up his penis size okay i know it's small how do i know it's small he raped me okay that's what it is you know i know he has a small penis and i know he comes in like five seconds and i know this because he raped me okay but um why would this matter? Um, I've been wondering why Why the Lord would show me something like this. Is this something that the Lord want to expose to me in order to remind me that, you know, this is not my husband? Because these are not things I would ask for. These are not things that I would, you know, want in a man. You know, I ask the Lord to make somebody I wanted in my heart. My heart that fulfills my heart's desires. That's not fulfillment of my heart's desires. It's not. It's just a fact that's just the truth. That's what it is. But when the Lord tells you that maybe somebody will be making it in the rapture and you see how bad the world is and you see how wicked this world is and you see how people act in this world, you see how people are really, you know, full of sin and, and you know, would really kill you. Would rather be rather you be dead, you know, and use you for your power, just the wicked intent of others. You know, you don't ignore that kind of word on somebody. But do I think that I'm this wife? That he had been waiting for as an answer to his prayers. Honestly, concerning the conversation and everything I feel that I've heard, you know, concerning these things, like from the Lord and from him and, you know, from different prophets who have been speaking about this, I believe, yes, I believe, yes, that's what they're trying to say. But do I believe it? Like, do I believe personally that I'm his wife? No. No, I don't believe I'm his wife. I don't believe I'm meant to be his wife. Do it have anything to do with his penis size and his sexual stamina? Not really. I mean, it has something to do with that somewhere, but it's not very important. And I don't want to keep talking about it. It's just about the simple fact that, you know, I'm really not. It's not funny. I'm really not trying to be funny because we all have flaws. And nobody is better than anybody. And at the end of the day, we're not even fighting a flesh and blood battle. So it doesn't even matter what his flesh does or what his blood does, what his flesh and blood is. It's like it's about who you are spiritually. And if the Lord is vouching for you spiritually, then why does it matter? Any of that stuff matter? No, it doesn't. And I feel that he's extremely comfortable with who he is, you know. So I don't know. But what I will say is... As far as the Lord expecting me to, you know, possibly if that was ever a possibility in my future for me to marry him, if the Lord was expecting me to, you know, overlook things like this or to accept him as he is, 
what does that think what do I think that that means for my walk with God? Well, personally, I never thought the small penis jokes were even funny, really. And, you know, the sexual stamina and all that stuff like that, like, I really don't think that these things really matter. I was always told, you're going to get older, and I promise you it's going to matter. But um, I still don't think that it matters. I don't know if it'll ever matter to me like that. It's really always going to be about the connection that you have with somebody and the connection that you have with God and who they're deciding to be. You know, it's never going to really be about those things. Or money. Because, you know, a lot of people would think, like, oh, because he had money, it's okay. No. Or money. It wouldn't matter about the money. Like, even if he gave it the money and he didn't have none of those things, you know, it would be about his connection with God. It would be about his connection with me. It wouldn't be about these things, you know? But um, what seems to strike me is the attitude. The attitude to me is just horrible. It's a horrible, he has a horrible attitude. He thinks, I'm going to, you know, uh, mess around with your sister, auntie, cousin, whoever, and make you fight over me within your family, outside of your family, with all these different baby mothers and girls and whoever for the rest of your life. Um, I'm going to have outside babies. I'm going to do what I want to do, you know. Just, you know, a disgusting attitude. And it's like, do those things come into play now? No, not really. Because if they didn't come into play from the jump, they don't come into play now. But as far as concerning these different things, you no, I don't believe you're my husband, no. I don't believe that's my husband, no. I don't believe I'm the wife he was praying for, no. And that's why I say, make sure and keep looking, you know. From the jump, I say, you know, keep looking. Make sure I'm I'm the wife that you feel like God sent. You know, all of this is supposed to be a fulfillment of the prophecy. A lot of this stuff ain't even came true that they said was going to happen. You know, a lot of it haven't even come true. And it makes me feel like, well, if you really believe it that much, and you possibly could even create anyone like this. You know, I don't know. How, what, how, how, what were the details about this person? I don't know how to explain it. I'm not trying to be funny. I'm really not trying to beat around a bush or get boring. I'm just saying that um, they expect for me to, like, lately they just been talking a lot about his penis size. They've just been laughing about it and joking and cracking up and all sorts of stuff. And um, I think that they're torturing him. I think they're torturing him about it. Um, it doesn't seem like much of a response on his behalf, though. It doesn't seem like he's responding much. So, you know, maybe he just does not care. It doesn't affect him. You know, I mean, I wouldn't say, I would never say he doesn't care. It's not affecting him. And he's past it. He's possibly been in this situation around these same individuals for long enough that anything that they would go to torture him about, he's, you know, close enough to the Lord that, you know, it rolls off of him. It, it, it doesn't affect him. It doesn't penetrate, you know, his heart, you know. So that's what I was thinking. But either way, you know, if the Lord was expecting for me to, you know, be the forgiving one, you know, accepting one, and accept how he comes, you know. The 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 truth is, truth is, and this is I be I'm careful with this kind of conversation because I don't want to lead anybody on. But truth is, um, 
Of course I'd overlook something like that for God. Of course I'd overlook these things for God. God is calling you to, you know, come away from lustful thoughts and behavior anyways. I don't, you know, it's it wouldn't be, it wouldn't mean a lot, but would it mean something later, you know? Would it mean something later when you're like married and you're supposed to be pleasured in your marriage and you're not pleasured? You know, is a woman really expected to overlook that much? Is a woman really expected to sacrifice that much for just to be married? Because at that point, is it that, you know, not is it that important, but is it, is that fair? Is that fair? A man wouldn't want to be with, you know, someone who couldn't satisfy him, like mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, you know, any of those different things. He wouldn't want to be with somebody like that. He wouldn't want to marry someone like that. It wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter what she had to overlook. And that's not right. It's not right. And I I don't feel like that's right, you know? That being said, um, concerning the situation, what I feel like is is going on, it's not a slight towards him personally. It's a slight towards society, I think. And the way that they have things set up, that women are supposed to be so excited for anyone to marry them that they will accept anything that the Lord send them, even if that be somebody who says they're going to have sex with your mom, your sister, your cousin, your auntie, you know, your best friends, anybody who comes around, they're going to have sex with them, even rape them. They want they expect you to overlook them raping you. So you know that they'll do it. Um they don't even have, you know, like they don't have the tools to pleasure you mentally to 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 they don't have anything to ple to actually like I don't listen, I'm trying not to sound like it's this all about sex and stuff because it's like, you know, not really. But it's like they don't have what it takes to please you mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually. Maybe spiritually. Maybe, because the Lord says maybe. You know, um, does that, is that all that matters? You know, I guess that's the conversation is about. Is that all that matters? It is all that matters to me. Spiritually, if God vouches for somebody, that's all that matters to me. But, you know, this guy is homosexual and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> Come on now, you know. I don't know. You know, at the end of the day, I'm not perfect. I battle with, you know, porn and masturbation and different things like that. There would be things this individual had to overlook concerning myself. I'm not perfect. That would make you think, like, dang, what is it that the, that he got to overlook concerning you? If you, that's all, if you have to overlook all those things concerning him. You know, it would make you think that, but it's like, uh, no, most of it is like, it's weird. It's most of it is like, you know, different demons, you know, that I've been battling and <laughs> different things going on spiritually. You know, people, you know, yes, I have to take responsibility for my actions, but people who have, you know, set different things up spiritually using witchcraft to destroy my future and to, you know, ensure that I never get married and to ensure that I never have a family coming from me that, you know, and have peace and love and happiness in God. They don't ever want me to be loved or receive love. You know, this is stuff that they've set up. And you can say, whatever, you're making that stuff up. You're just saying that to make yourself feel better. 
that's what they've always said. They always said that to me growing up. You you just say this stuff to make yourself feel better because you don't have this and you can't do that. But now, you know, the Lord is exposing it the whole time. You know, I was hitting the nail right on the head. These are the things that they've been doing, you know, to destroy me having a future and progressing in my life, moving forward. And, you know, maybe it's the Lord is exposing that they've been doing the same thing to him. I don't know. I don't know. It's never really a confirmation on that. But this as well as it's not really ever a confirmation. I'm the wife because, you know, um, they say it all day. But the fact of the matter is I asked God, I said, God, what, what do you have me in this situation for? Really, really what you have me in this situation for? And the Lord said to me, well, he prayed for a wife. He prayed and asked me for a wife. And, you know, he said that. If I was sending my wife, that he would know that I was real. And um, so, you know, um, he's about to marry the wrong woman. That's what the Lord said to me about it. He didn't say really much more than that. And I said, okay, but what does that have to do with me, God? What does that have to do with me? You know, less frustration, though. But what does that have to do with me? Because you're telling me he's about to marry the wrong woman. You're telling me he prayed for a wife. What does it have to do with me? And, you know, maybe the Lord is saying, I sent you. I sent you. And it seems like it's so obvious, but it's really not. When you're really in this complicated situation, it's not very obvious. Because, of course, he's still engaged to be married to this wrong woman. And if, of course, that really is so obvious, then, you know, why is it always up to the woman to do all the work and to do everything and to come forward with everything in order to, you know, make this situation right? You know, at the same time, a lot of people say, why is it up to the man for him to do that? I don't know if I want this situation. You know, I don't know if I want this situation. I was raped. I was raped. He messed around with my sister. He's messed around with her first, I guess. He he also sent my cousin to try and steal my body. My sister and my cousin tried to steal my body because they didn't want me to have a future with somebody who's rich. You know, he set that up. I believe he set that up. Some people will say, you don't know him if you believe he did that. I don't know what you're... I don't don't know. I've seen a lot. I've seen a lot since. You know, I've heard him speak over me. Like, I can't wait to use her power. Use her for her power for the rest of her life. I don't know if it was a joke or a game. They were just playing. They Somebody would say that. No, this stuff is real. This stuff is real. This is witchcraft. This is satanic ties. These are demons. Like, these are witches. I am a demon hunter. They're after me because I'm a demon hunter. You know, the prophecy that says I am to kill this demon witch. He's, it feels like he's standing in the way of that. Like he gets in the way every chance that he get. How can you be this person that the Lord says that you may be able to be raptured and you will actually try and preserve this demon witch's life? I don't have time for stuff like that. That's childish, immature. It's immature. And, you know, I know that I can be extremely immature, but I guess then that means that it's only room. It's not enough room for that much immaturity then. Somebody has to be more mature. Somebody has to step into the place. Somebody has to do something. And I also cannot, you know, I cannot... I cannot accept 
I can't live with the fact that he won't accept that the Lord has, you know, raised me up to be a woman, to be in this position. I don't know how I can ever be a wife if you can't even accept that the Lord has raised me up to be a woman in leadership. You you can't accept that it's a woman doing this. Like throughout the process, it, it's, it, it had been said that, of course, she's your husband because he's the only one who would ever accept you as a woman leader. He's the only one who could accept that. He's the only one who is okay with that and on board with that. It makes so much sense for, you know, like, y'all just make so much sense, you know. But I don't, you know, oftentimes, maybe it's a joke and maybe it's something that they have, like, to keep me fighting and keep me going. But it feels like a lot of times that he is in the way. Like, he's in the way. And he's doing what he can to put other people in my way. And I don't know. I'm not trying to slander his name. Anyways, as I've said, you know, he's also like intense. Like it's not what it looks like. I know, but it come. It kind of a lot of times looks like he's abusive, extremely abusive. And you know, my worst fear was always being a submissive woman to an abusive man. It's one thing to be a submissive woman. You know, I will fight hard to become that kind of woman for the Lord. Only, you know, for God, for God first. But to be that to an abusive man, you know, that's a whole entire thing for you to put down, put away everything, give up everything in order to be submissive and to be who the Lord has called her to be, to be a woman of God, for a man to just be abusive. Like, why would the Lord ever do that, you know? It seems like a joke. It seems like an absolute joke to me. And it feels like I may not even make it into heaven if I don't learn how to, you know, be this woman that the Lord has shown me I will be. Which, of course, I want to be her. I want to be what the Lord has shown me I'll be. I want to be everything I'm called to be in him. But I will never be able to stay in a prison-like environment for the rest of my life. I just know better. I just know, but I know myself better. I'm doing, I'm fighting so hard every single day to try and understand what the Lord is doing here and to submit to his will. And I know maybe that has a, that plays a big part in why I'm not progressing or moving forward because he's realizing I'm not really on board with this. But, you know, I can't be enslaved for the rest of my life. Come on out. I can't do that. I can't do that. You know, maybe this is payback for not truly understanding or accepting what my ancestors had gone through. I don't know, but I can't do that. I can't I don't I don't think that I'm mentally well enough to be that to be enslaved for the rest of my life. I'm just be quite honest. I believe that I'm going to snap. I will snap. I will snap and you know I will break free. I have to I have to be free. I can't live in captivity. So, with this idea that I will be captive to somebody who has mentally, spiritually, physically, emotionally enslaved me, you know, using satanic means, it just doesn't add up. But for me, I'm just going to be quite honest. I don't expect to do it on my own. I expect for the Lord to break me free because I don't serve a God who will want me to live in captivity for the rest of my life. Though these situations have existed. I know that the Lord will come through for me. I don't have to worry about that. But what I can, but I do know, what I do know is that um regardless regardless, 
you know, I want to be intentional about what I want. Just because I know that the Lord will save me, he will never leave me in no situation like that, doesn't mean I'm going to give up fighting and making it clear that I'm not okay with that kind of situation. I can't allow someone to believe that I would ever be okay with that, even for a temporary amount of time. If I ever allow you to believe this is okay, I'm okay with being in this situation because I know one day God's going to break me out of it. I would never let you think it was ever okay. That's not, that doesn't even mean it's okay. If I'm saying one day I know God's going to bring me out of the situation, that means I'm not okay with being in it now or ever. So I don't know how that can even be misconstrued, but people act as if they don't know what no means. Rapists. They think no means yes, and they mean yes means no. They think yes means no, like they don't understand English. So this is something I'm dealing with, and I'm going through. I'm going through this abuse. I'm going through this, you know, this phase in life, and I don't know what it means. I don't know what will come of it. But I pray that everybody makes out of this situation okay. That's what I pray. Because the fact of the matter is, a lot of these different people who are involved in this situation, I really believe that they are really just... You know, they won't let up until something possibly bad really happens. I feel like they are adamant about it. And that's when bad things happen. So, I don't know. I don't know. I pray that everything works out, though. I really do. Because what can I do? What can I do? I don't feel like I'm this person's wife. And I don't know if I'll ever want to be this person's wife after being raped. No. I don't know. I don't think so. You know, it has a lot less to do with the tools or whatever it is he raped me with than the fact that he raped me. It, it wouldn't have even mattered. It wouldn't have even mattered what you had going on. You raped me. Nobody asked you here. You didn't have consent. Period. I don't care what you say. And anybody involved in that thinking that's okay, like, I don't understand what's distorted about your mind for you to ever think something like that would ever be okay in, under any circumstances, ever. Rape is never okay. There's no excuse for rape. I don't care what nobody say. And, you know, they're always trying to blackmail or extort, you know, different type of situations to try and make it seem like it's okay what they did. I don't care what you say. I don't care what you say. You rape somebody. It's never okay. It's never okay. I don't care what you say. You're a rapist. You're a rapist. And um, you set that up. You set that up. And I don't care what nobody say, you set that up. And so you probably set up the rest of this stuff just like God said. God said, don't trust you. You are not a knight in shining armor. You appear, you set all this up to appear as if you were. You're setting this thing up. You're set. You're setting it up. You set up my rape. You're setting up the abuse. You're setting up this, you know, environment that you're trying to create to keep me in captivity to you. To keep me enslaved to you and your situation. You set it up. It's all set up. And now I have to, you know, I'm I'm enduring the most, almost one of the most traumatic situations I've ever had to deal with in my life. And you think it's funny. It's a joke. It's so fun to you. And is that, does that have something to do with what you feel like you lack? Because at the end of the day, I wouldn't care what you got on your body. I don't want to touch it. I don't want you near me. I don't care about what your, your body because your body is your body. That's somebody else's responsibility. Whoever you going to marry, you're not marrying me. You're not marrying me. That's not going to happen. It's not going to work. You know, um, I shouldn't have to say that. But um, concerning the situation, I understand why you have all these women around him fighting me. You know, 
when he could just marry one of them and then just go move on happily ever after. You know, and I don't understand why the Lord would ever, you know, expect for me to overlook a lot of these different things and marry someone like this or be sent as a wife to somebody like this. But, you know, Satan, he's really tricky sometimes. Sometimes he will set stuff up like this. He will have been using somebody for so long. And he'll set things up like this so that you never reach your destiny in life. I know he's trying to do it with me, but that doesn't mean that they have to come together and be, you know, a package deal. They don't have to be that. They don't. It doesn't have to work that way. I could, like, he could reach his destiny in God. I could reach my destiny in God. And the fact of the matter is we're going to be raptured. The rapture is going to happen in our lifetimes. I don't even know if either one of us ever going to be married, to be quite honest, because the fact of the matter is there's no marriage in heaven, just angels. The Bible says that you'll just be an angel. You won't be married. So, you know, that's okay, you know, if I continue to fight for the rapture for my life. And, you know, hopefully if I make it, you know, I'll be in heaven as an angel. I don't have to be married. This stuff don't have to happen in my lifetime. And you know what? Maybe the Lord is reminding me of that. I feel like that's what the 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 vision was kind of trying to state to me or trying to show me. I feel like the vision was kind of trying to show me that, you know, um, when I was on a bus, I met this man. And, he, and just the connection, I know it was the Lord. The Lord was talking to me. He was saying to me, listen, if you decide to go get a job and you decide to live a regular life and you decide to just be, you know, normal. You know, you, you decide not to, you know, fight and, and, and give your life wholly and that it, you know, just just get sacrifice everything in your life in order to be in a relationship with the Lord and to build up your rapport for God. You can have a life outside of this. You can move forward in your life. I know that that was God giving me the okay because I was extremely stressed about it. And I was, you know, kind of worried about what that would mean. He was giving me the okay. So it can work out. I can move forward. I can be okay. But, um, you know, as far as me being an answer to this individual's prayers, like, I understand that the version of myself that I am right now is not the version I will one day be. And so maybe I'll look back one day and I'll see everything that was wrong about the stuff that I'm saying right now, or the things that I thought, or the conversation. I will have learned. I will have had a better understanding. It will have made more sense. Maybe. Maybe so, you know, but um, right now, this is where I'm at, and I just don't see it. I don't see me as an answer to their prayers. I don't believe that the Lord will ever even want that because, honestly, as I've said, the Lord said that this person is knowingly committing genocide. So why would I ever have it become everything I was called to be in God, you know, fall into an environment of committing more genocide? You know, if, of course, that's what that was, because the fact that matters, all my heart's desires were fulfilled and my heart's desires consist of no more genocide. Through the entertainment industry. Excuse me, through the music industry, through the entertainment industry, through any industry as a whole. No more that. No more selling souls or, you know, molestation, rape, etc., no more getting power from Satan, etc. Deals with Satan, none of that stuff. No more any of that. So if that's truly, you know, how these things are to be fulfilled, then, you know, maybe. 
maybe. But, um, I don't know. I really don't know. So, um, I don't know. We just have to see. We'll just have to see. Because in the beginning, everybody act like, it's you. You're the chosen one. And everything's so great and so good. But nobody would ever want to deal with half the stuff I'm dealing with. Nobody want to go through this stuff. And I'm so grateful that I trusted the Lord and I just fall for him instead of just jumping head in head first into something or possibly even choosing this man over God. You know, um, there was an attempt to get me to do that, but maybe it was just a test to make sure that I was the one that God sent. I don't know. I don't know. But I'm tired and. I'm going to finish this off with the second vision that I had. Let me just stop talking about that. The second vision I had, I was um, down the street, not too far from um, where I was before the apartments I was at before. I jumped out of this car, and I was with this girl, and she was taking care of this man. He was an old man. He was slim. He was tall. He was like my granddad or something. He was my granddad, my family. She was taking care of my family. So I didn't know why I was there, but maybe it was for that. And he was like, he had some sort of Alzheimer's or something like that. And he was like running off and I couldn't get him back. So I was trying to, um, I was trying to get him back. And then, you know, like, I didn't want to leave him. And it was like, no, just come on, just come on. And I didn't want to leave him. Like, just come back to my house. And I was like, I didn't want to leave my... I'm like, you said that's my granddad. I can't just leave him out here in the streets like that with Alzheimer's. Something can happen to him. He could wander off to the street, get hit or anything. So, um... That's when, um... This guy got out the car. He had Chipotle. And he was like... He threw the Chipotle on top of the car. He was like, it's all right. I'll get him. You just go. And I remember him laughing. Like, he just eating your Chipotle and everything. All kinds of stuff like that. And I'm just like, um, okay, whatever. But he said he about to get my family, though. So he, got, he went up to get my family. And the next thing I know, I'm in this house. And I'm in this room. I'm in this bathroom. And I went shopping. And I got all this new clothes and stuff. And I'm trying on new clothes. And I'm like, where do these new clothes come from? They look nice and everything. This ain't stuff I made, I don't think. I don't know. Maybe it's the stuff that I made. Like, that's your stuff. That's your, that's your clothes. It's the stuff you got. So then I'm still worried about my grandpa. So I ran downstairs after trying on this new outfit. So I'm like, I'm going to just leave it on. I was going to take the outfit off, put it back up, put my clothes back on, and go find my granddad. But I just left the outfit on for a second, just like, whatever. So I left the outfit on, ran downstairs, and I was like, um, where's my granddad? Did the guy ever get the grand, get my granddad? Did you find out what's going on? I couldn't get no answers. I'm like, you said it's my grandpa. She was like, okay, but you said you didn't even really know him. You just met him today. I'm like, but you said it's my blood. Like, I'm not about to leave my blood on the streets like that, wandering with Alzheimer's. 
Alzheimer's, whatever. So um, she was like, just stay here, you know, get dressed. We can go out to the club, try new clothes or something or different things like that. Like, And she wasn't giving me no answers about what happened to me, whether he was okay. I'm like, I cannot sit back and pretend like everything's okay when all I'm doing is worried about whether he okay or not. You know, that's my grandpa. How You said you've been taking care of him. You said that you was like his caregiver or something. You usually just leave him to wander the streets like that, having Alzheimer's with no, you know, check up on him, not checking up on him, making sure y'all care nothing. Like, how have you even lasted this long? How long have you had him? You know, do he find his way back? Is this some sort of system you got set up? Like, what is what is going on? You know, I ain't have no real answer. So she gave me his social security card and she's like, ain't no more money left on it. It's all spent. I'm like, what's the code? You know, just in case I got to like pay for something he did or something, like get him on a bus or anything, you know? What am I supposed to do? Like, she's like, ain't nothing on it. I'm like, okay, so I bring him back here. Is this a place that he stays at? She's like, you know, she's not really saying whether this is a place he stays. So it's like, okay, so we're not even supposed to come back. Now I really need to go, you know, because moving forward and all kinds of stuff like that. But it's like, you know, I don't know. It didn't matter. I'm like, I, it don't matter. I'll figure it out. So I go and I, um, I go to go look for him, and I wake up. As soon as I leave out the door, I woke up from the vision, and I just heard, like, okay, she won. She won. You won. And I'm like, um, what I win? Why every single time this stuff be happening, everybody always be saying you won, like I won something, and I don't feel nothing but heartbreak. I don't feel like I won. I really don't feel like I won, but I guess I can see what y'all trying to say. What y'all trying to say is they trying to paint me out to be somebody who would not care or possibly do the same thing that they would have done. Like, disregard your family or blood, lead them out in the street, wandering, don't know what could happen to them. Even if you just met them today. But I would never do that. And, you know, this is the real reason behind the actions and the reason why I do things, the reason why I do things the way that I'm doing things, the reason why I choose to suffer, the reason why I'm not out living this young, happy life. Like, I'm not ugly. I could find a guy. I could find dudes who are willing to pay to, you know, my apartment, for my schooling, you know, for me to go have fun, life trips, you know, vacations every summer, etc. I could go do all this stuff. I could go live this lavish lifestyle. But I'm choosing the Lord. I'm doing this. I know what I'm doing. I'm being intentional about my, my actions. I'm choosing to come out of that lifestyle. I'm choosing to choose God and to move forward and to be serious about what I want for my future. Like, I'm trying to build for my future now. And, excuse me, I'm betting it all on God. I'm betting it all on God. For what best are worth, I'm betting it all on God. I'm giving him everything. But I guess a lot of people just don't believe me. So maybe that's why they were saying you won. Because they just still have to keep testing me. They have to keep testing me to, to make sure, like, I'm not just putting on a show. Like, like anybody could pretend for this long. Anybody who's faking, they going to slip up. Like, you know, crime shows taught you that. Judges, lawyers, you know, police, they teach you that when they're being detected, when they're investigating, when you were investigating somebody. Anybody who's putting on a show or faking, they gonna slip up. That's what happened. This is for real. You had to know that. I don't care what you say. This ain't just another test. Y'all up to something. 
because y'all already tested me enough. Y'all know what this is, and it's not right. It's not right for me to keep being put in these situations because these people lack to believe, lack belief of what it is that, you know, is going on here. And if, if of course, this is, you know, this individual who's supposed to be, you know, praying for a wife and he's, you know, doing all of this in order to, you know, somehow ensure that things are what he think they are and, like, try to make sure that this stuff, he not being played or whatever. I don't know if he deserves a wife, honestly. Sometimes I wonder, but I gotta be, I gotta be, um, considerate of sometimes do I exhibit behavior of someone who deserves, who deserves a husband. So I don't know. I don't be trying to judge people. I can't judge nobody, but I don't know, man, this behavior, this, what I be going, what I'm going through right now, I'm just trying to hang in there for God because sometimes I feel like women is expected to endure so much more abuse than men are. Like, these situations are just set up for women to lose every single time. It's always supposed to be a submissive woman. You just go along with this stuff. You overlook all this stuff. All these things have to be overlooked. And then when you want some, when you want somebody who truly caters to you or cares about your feelings or actually, you know, treats you with love and respect, then somehow, you know, you're not living a biblical lifestyle or something like I don't understand it like I don't understand what's going on here honestly because a lot of these people who are supposed to be living you know according to the bible according to the way that God intends for them to be living and you know it seems like it's just set up set up for abusive relationships between men and women but that's what the bible said ever since Adam and Eve bit that apple you know we will be at enmity with each other he will bruise our head and we will bruise his heel. Men will bruise women's heads. Women will bruise men's heels. So I guess that is what the Bible is saying. The Bible is saying the it is set up like that. Like it's abusive. We're arguing. We're always arguing. We're, not, we're always at enmity with each other. It won't be no peace. It won't be nothing. Nothing worth having. It, it just won't. You know, because, you know, we disobey God. So... How do you come, how do you break that? How do you break that cycle where you have to start obeying God? So, you know, in the Bible, you know, the true demonstration of obedience to God seems like the woman has to continuously be abused and mistreated and overlooked. And the man just gets away with a lot more. And I just don't necessarily agree with that. But the Lord had said that that's something I would have difficulty accepting. It feel like in this process that maybe he was even you know, revealing to me, you know, how things are set up and how, you know, that's kind of just what it is. And I'm, I just don't know if I agree with that one. So I don't know what's going to happen, you know. I just know I can't live like this forever. I did, I'm doing, I'm did and I'm doing the best that I can. But it's, you know, it feels like it's just going to come a time where I'm just going to say to myself, you know, prophecy or not, you know, Bible or not, whatever, like, I got to be happy. I got to be human. I got to live my life. It don't make sense. Like, I'm doing everything I can to deny myself for God and to suffer in the name of the Lord. But, you know, all this stuff that's going on around me, it just don't make sense. It don't add up. You know, it's people around me who are supposed to be living these godly lifestyles. It looks absolutely nothing nowhere close to what I'm going through. I don't understand it. I don't want to be the most abused woman in the world. It doesn't make sense to me. And if I'm going to live 100% obedient to God and I'm going to trust that he's going to send somebody for me,
it doesn't seem like I'm supposed to, you know, wind up in an abusive relationship for the rest of my life. That doesn't that just doesn't seem right. I have to be abused for the rest of my life in order to make it into heaven. Like maybe that's why women aren't making it into heaven. Because if they actually have to live these abused lifestyles, I don't know, but I'm just trying to do the best that I can <laughs> to understand what I'm going through because at this point I probably have an immature view of the situation. I just know that, you know, looking back the relationships that used to last 60 to 80 years, that was back in like the 60s and the 40s. You know, your grand, your great-grandparents that were married for like 60 to 80 years, they they, they um, they um, stayed together past a lot of nonsense, a lot of cheating, a lot of beating, a lot of, you know, leaving, a lot of, you know, struggle. They made it through, they made it past, and that's the only reason they lasted that long together. And, you know, a lot of them, they really hate each other. They really do. And I don't know how to feel about that because I never really wanted that. I wanted it to be perfect and God. I wanted to love the person, the partner I'm with for the rest of my life. We just make sense. I don't really want all the the arguing and cheating on each other. I want us to never feel like we got to step out on each other. I want us to always make it work. And, yes, it's going to be hard. We're going to have to make it do some things together. But we're going to do it with God. And it's going to be perfect. Like, we just die together like the notebook something like that you know but um I don't know that's probably too much that's probably you know asking for too much because you have to have somebody on point like that with you and that comes with a lot you say that you want these things but then when it comes down to actually doing these things when you have opportunity to be who it is that your partner needs you're you're thinking selfishly and you're making selfish decisions which will ultimately lead to separation or divorce. So, I don't know. But I'm trusting God to fulfill my heart's desires as he said he would. Solomon had 700 wives and 300 concubines. And so, as far as me being the a reminder of Solomon, I wonder how much, what things do I remind the Lord of Solomon? Like, is it those things as well? You know, where it's like I need all these different options. Will I possibly have, you know, um, let God down by having multiple husbands? Because as a woman, that's not allowed. See, that's okay for a man. It was okay for a man. Society accepted that, you know, better. 700 wives, 300 concubines than if a woman had 700 husbands. A woman had, if a, a leader of, the, of Israel had, was a woman, first of all. And had 700 husbands and 300 concubines. They would have uprooted her way quicker, way faster. So many more people would have possibly been more excited to see that reign come to an end than they ever would with a man doing that. And nobody feels like anything is wrong with that even today. Of course they would. What you mean? Like, why would they want a woman behaving that way and representing their kingdom that way? Why would you want a man Representing your kingdom that way is always a different double standard. And that's what I'm dealing with and going through right now. I don't know what this means. I don't know what's going to happen. I'm going to trust God to pull me through. Because I'm facing so many unfair things. So many unfair circumstances. I don't know. Maybe that's why the Lord I'm just going to have to get up and do it. Because they're never going to be in support of what he's trying to do through me here. I don't know. Um, 